says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Praise God. Our main text today is going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We taught that last week, and we're going to continue on with it this week. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I come boldly into your presence this morning, keenly aware, God, that if you don't show up, nothing matters, God. You are who we long to hear from, so I pray I would just fade away. And your word would go forth and be tailor-made for every person here. We long to hear from you. We tune our hearts to your voice and you alone. Speak by your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I didn't grow up in a spirit-filled denomination, you know, where they... They, you know, people say, oh, you're the charismatics, you know, like they handle snakes and stuff. No, no, we're not like snake people. We're not like charismatics, but we are people that want everything that God has purchased for us to have. Amen. I say, I want everything growing up in my church. When you heard about people that spoke in tongues or moved in this prophetic, we just thought they're weird. I mean, plain and simple. We're like, we stay away from them. There is weird stuff going on. In fact, I was on the mission field in Guadalajara, Mexico. I was with YWAM. I was living down there. I thought, these are my people. You know, we Hispanics need to stick together. I thought, these are my people. I am never coming home from here. This is God's land. And then people started like laughing in the spirit and running around and doing these crazy things. And I called my parents. I need a ticket. I got, you got to bust me out of here. They turned weird. I just wasn't open to those things. I didn't see it modeled in a way that I could discern felt safe and, and orderly and legitimate. So I closed myself off to it. And that's what some people do. Sometimes you think, well, I didn't see this done right. So I just reject it. You know, I'm not going to be a part of that. And we close ourselves off, but about 23, 24 years old, I met Joel I was going to a great church in Huntington beach, California called hope chapel. And the spirit of God was so precious in that place. It was, it was like, It felt like I was at home and it made sense to me. I was hungry. So I began to yield myself more and more to these things. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to pray in unknown tongues. That changed my life. And I began to yield myself more and more to these things. The clear teaching of the New Testament is that God gives spiritual gifts to the church for the common good of the saints and to empower her, the church, to the mission of evangelizing the whole world. Every manifestation of the spirit will glorify Jesus. It'll make much of Jesus. Every time you see the spirit at work in a place, you'll feel Jesus is, is lifted high. It will glorify him. The body of Christ has been divided on these things and saying the gifts of the spirit ceased when the last apostle died. And we looked at that a few weeks back when we talked on tongues. If you ever want to go back and listen to any of the teachings, you can go to the podcast at therocksouthcounty.com. That gift of tongues and that teaching on tongues, I have gotten more feedback and more talking to about that one teaching saying, you made something that I was so uncomfortable with, so comfortable, and I opened my heart. Or I received that gift in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was able to speak in tongues, and I've never done it 
sense. But I, they said, I'm leaving here today and I'm going to exercise that gift. So listen to that podcast if you're interested. I assume that the whole, what the Holy Spirit inspired New Testament authors assumed. The spiritual gifts would function in healthy Holy Spirit empowered churches until Jesus returns. We know for some people this can be messy and it's easier sometimes to know the word and not do the word. You know what I mean? Because it's a little bit messy. I talked about the things of the spirit. Joel describes them like a pomegranate. You know, you get into a pomegranate and it's just messy. And so some people are like, it's so messy. I'm not even going to eat a pomegranate, but oh, is a pomegranate good. And when the spirit of God and the gifts are in operation, it is expensive explosively loving. It can be explosively loving in the life of a church or a family when these gifts are in operation. In sense, in a sense, handling spiritual gifts is like handling dynamite. Dynamite or dynamis is the Greek word for power, often used when referring to the Holy Spirit. When used rightly, these gifts, as I said, are explosively loving. When used wrongly, they can be destructive and it's tempting not to use them at all. The early Christians also felt this way after damaging experience. That's why Paul had to say to them, do not quench the spirit. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. It was tempting not to use these messy gifts because they've been misused. But in commanding us to pursue love and to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, the Bible commands us to handle dangerous things and they are commands. Neither were options in Paul's mind. He said to the people, sorry, neither were options in Paul's mind and they should not be in ours either. God has purposes for these gifts that make them more worth the danger. They're worthy of using. Even if you've seen some people do it messily, some people are immature in the gifts of the spirit and they just need to mature. You know, you hear a prophetic word. I heard a pastor talk about someone in his church came up to a member in his church and said, I hear the Lord saying that if you don't stop that destructive sin, this whole church is going to come to ruin. Well, can you imagine someone saying something like that to another believer that it really damaged and affected this man's life? He really thought, have I really blown it? Am I really responsible for everything bad happening in the church now? That could have been something that God was giving this man a warning or a caution about things in his life. But a mature person handling the gifts in a right way could have said something like, I just feel that the adversary is always at work to destroy and divide. So I just encourage you today, be on guard because God has an incredible plan for you. And we want to make sure that we walk in all the fullness that God has for us. See how different that could be. And that's just a maturity in handling the gifts. So we've seen these gifts handled and misused in different ways. And so we've closed ourselves off to the gifts sometimes, but God is here this morning and he's going to shed light on the great benefit of functioning in these things that have been known to be messy at times. I want to remind you that walking in the gifts of the spirit are not so that we feel self-important. These gifts are to be given. 
But it's also true that if we neglect a certain spiritual gift or don't walk in them, if we don't earnestly desire them, as the word says, we will neglect some aspect of love that God wants to pour out and it will glorify Christ when we function in it. Some kind of edification always happens when the spirit of God is moving and manifesting in the gifts. The gifts at work invoke the love of God in a way that often would be neglected if we did not function in them. I was listening to a testimony. A young pastor just out of Aberdeen, Texas, came off the the stage. They had a great night in service. They were enjoying the presence of God. And his senior pastor pulled him into a room and said, Pastor, what is God doing in Aberdeen, Texas tonight? And the pastor said, well, he's saving people and he's you know, healing people. And we had a good service. And the pastor, his senior pastor said to this young pastor, no, what is God doing in Aberdeen, Texas tonight? And the young pastor says, that was it. That's all he's doing. He said, let's go in your office and pray. Let's pray and ask God, God, what are you doing in Aberdeen, Texas tonight? So this young pastor, you know, new in the ministry, kind of immature, maybe a little bit. They think they know it all, but, you know, slightly immature at 20 years old. So they go into the office and they grab hands and they begin to pray and they pray, Lord, what are you doing tonight in Aberdeen, Texas? What do you want to show us? And this young pastor who just had closed himself off and said, God just preached and teach. That's what he did. Heard in his spirit, water burger, black pants, blue shirt. And he was shocked, but he wrote it down on a piece of paper. And he said to, after they were done praying, he said to his senior pastor, this is so wild. This, what this would be called is a word of wisdom that the Bible talks about in first Corinthians 12, a word of wisdom is not for the present. It's oftentimes for what's coming. Like when Jesus was told, go down to Samaria, you're going to meet a woman there. It's what's coming, right? So this young pastor tells his senior pastor, I just heard while we were praying water burger, which was like a popular burger place in town. He heard water burger and I heard black pants, blue shirt. And his pastor said, write that down on a piece of paper. And he said, and I also saw a girl in pigtails as we were praying. So they write it down and they said, what do you think we should do? Well, what do you think they did? They headed straight for water burger. And they're walking in Waterburger, and they're saying, I mean, this young pastor, he was not open to the Lord functioning in this way. This was new to him, but he's walking in, he's looking for the guy in black pants and a blue shirt and he didn't see him. He said, see, that was, that was just me. That was just emotions. So they order their food and he's up at the counter and he's ordering his food and he turns around with his tray and standing there is the man he saw during his prayer, black pants, blue shirt in water burger. And then the young pastor, what does he do? He speeds right by him, goes and puts his tray down with his wife and says, you're not going to believe this. I think that's the guy I saw while we were praying. What do I do? We're like, they were just freaking out because this was new to them. And God is trying to get his love to people. And he's teaching this young pastor about the way these things work. So he sits down. It's his, the young pastor, his senior pastor and his wife, and they're sitting there. And sure enough, The guy in the black pants and the blue shirt knows the senior pastor. He walks right up to the table and says, pastor, you won't believe what's going on in my life. My daughter was arrested. And the senior pastor says, 
like little Susie that would always wear pigtails. There's the pigtails. He said, yes, she was arrested tonight and they have her in jail. And we've been going through such a hard thing with my daughter. And sure enough, the pastor, the senior pastor says, hey, show him the paper. So they slide the paper over to this, this dad who's going through this hard situation with his daughter and said, as we were praying tonight, God showed up and told us to head to Waterburger that we were going to run into someone in black pants and a blue shirt and that God was going to show love to them. And this father just began to break down and weep. Sure enough, he goes back to the jail, says, you're not going to tells his daughter, you're not going to believe what happened tonight in Waterburger. God showed up and encouraged me that he's not done with you, that God has a plan for your life. And he shared the whole story with his daughter and in the testimony It says that she went on to receive Jesus Christ as her savior because of this supernatural divine outpouring of the gifts of the spirit. The Bible says in first Colossians 1 13, this won't be on your screen for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son. He loves these love gifts. These spiritual gifts are to lavish love on people. Praise God. We heard a prophetic word at the beginning of the year by Smith Wigglesworth that said the last great revival that's coming would be a revival marked by the gifts of the spirit. And I know people don't just want to see and know that God is real in their heads. They want to see him and experience them for real. They want to peek behind the curtain and say, is there a real God? Does he do real things? I know you've told me in my head that he's real, but I want to experience him in my life. Joel shared last week that when the gifts are in operation, the invisible becomes manifest in the visible on people. And that's why we do it. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are not here to blend in. You're to create and shift atmospheres by the spirit of God being in you and you walking in flowing in his gifts. Gifts are not the main thing. Love is the main thing. And using gifts is one way to love people. You need to know that we're not making the main thing, the gifts. Love is the main thing. And when you function in the gifts of the spirit, it is one way we love other people. And you know what? Tim Keller said this in regards to the gifts of the spirit, no Christian should ever be unemployed. You will always have a job when you function in the gifts of the spirit. God will use you to lavish love on people everywhere you go. I went this past week to speak to our interns in Anaheim at their weekly chapel. I shared a message on forgiveness and how unforgiveness is the number one killer of your spiritual life. So I shared with them, but I I knew I wasn't there to share this message. You know how, if you've ever been in front of people, I knew that God had a message that he sent me there. I drove 40 minutes with all my kids. I had to get them in and out. I promised them everything under the sun to get them there. (laughs) I was pulling out all the stops. Yes, you can have a boat. Get in the car. (laughs) We got to go. 
I get to Anaheim. I'm ministering. There's about 18 young people in the room. I plop myself down after. I said, we're just going to wait on the Lord. You guys know how we do that here at the Rock South County. This is a church where God gets to do what he wants to do. So we are just here on assignment to let him, let it rip God. So I share this message. I plop down on the, the, the stage there and say, we're just going to wait on the Lord for a minute. And a word of knowledge comes up in my heart. And I say, there's someone in this room and your parent almost had like a bipolar disorder. So they had like a, a two personalities and God is saying to you, you've not known which one to forgive. That you've been so stuck because you know it was this person that did that to you. But that's not really them. So you've been holding on to unforgiveness, not knowing which personality almost to forgive. And God is saying, forgive them all. He's setting you free today. And one girl in the back of the room just begins to... You know, I knew she was receiving the word of God and the love of God was just pouring out on her a word for her to know. God didn't send me there to talk about forgiveness. He sent me there to to be a vessel of love to this young woman. And she was the one at the end of the event that came up. They have a couple interns then pray over the pastor or leader that shared. And she prayed over me and prophesied over me. The gifts were flowing things that she could have never known that I needed encouragement. in. this is what happens when we yield ourselves to the Holy spirit. He shows up and does things that we couldn't do on our own. The two verses, and I didn't give this um, to our tech team, so I'm just going to share it with you, that God highlighted for this message. It says in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. You know, sometimes we can imagine that when Jesus was on earth, and he was functioning in these giftings, that he was Jesus. So that's why he had this ability to do these things. No, that's not true. Do you know that Jesus relinquished his all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent ability to be everywhere and became a man like you and I and walked the earth doing these miracles, giving these words of knowledge, all as a human, not in a glorified state, but as a human. And that should give you and I encouragement that we as humans, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can do these things too. And the Bible says, like I just read in um, John 14, that truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these. I believe that when I hear that, I believe that I take it and receive it. First Corinthians 14, one says this pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That is a command. That is not an, okay, well I pursue love, but I don't earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. No, I don't want a part of that. No, it's a command. I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, which is our text for today. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, by the same spirit. 
um, gifts of healing by the same spirit and to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Last week, we talked about the revelation gifts, um, and those things being manifested in the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and faith, and those sorts of things. Joel shared an incredible message on that. Didn't you receive from that revelation last week? He manifests. He's not visible, but he manifests in a variety of ways. And the manifestations reveal something. Jesus was walking the earth willingly. The first 30 years of his life, he had no miracles. Then the Holy Spirit came upon him and he began to function in the miracles. The Spirit of the Lord, he said, is upon me to preach and teach and heal. He was showing us what a human without God abilities, not supercharged, could do if they received the power of the Holy Spirit on a life. These miracles happened by the Holy Spirit. He saw the woman at the well, he said to her, woman, um, you have, and she said, he said, you've had these husbands. Oh, how did he know that about me? How did he know that I've had five husbands and the one I'm with now is not my husband either because the power of the Holy spirit came on him. And that one word of knowledge caused that woman to go back to her village and say, you guys got to hear about a man. He knew everything about me. And pretty much the whole village got born again because one word of knowledge. This is the power of the love of God flowing through the manifesting of the spirit in spiritual gifts. The power gifts we're going to talk about today, the gifts that release power. You can also describe them as the moving gifts or the energy gifts. And these are what we're going to talk about. Number one, the gift of faith, the gift of the faith. You don't make happen by building your faith and releasing your faith. Everyone in this room has a measure of faith, but this, the gift of faith is God doing something through you for you. Normal faith, it says in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is not what we're talking about when we talk about the gift of faith. When the gift of faith is an operation, it's different than just you and I building our faith up. I've sat in the room at the Rock in Anaheim and Wednesday night services. At the time, I had been diagnosed with a thyroid disease. I had a lump in my throat and I was on medication. As they said, for the rest of my life, you will be taking this medicine. And I would sit in those Wednesday night services and the word of God would be preached. The word of God would be preached. And my faith began to rise in that moment that I could, I could maybe not be on this medicine. There was a possibility that God could radically heal my body. And over time, my faith was built. My faith was built. And to now I am completely off of this medicine. No evidence of that disease any longer in my body because my faith was built over time. And that's what happened in the normal ministry of Jesus, that he would go around preaching and teaching, casting out demons, healing all kinds of sicknesses. But most often the normal way that he functioned was he would build the people's faith and then they would be built up in their faith. And so they could believe again and receive their healing. 
Um, It says in Acts 14, verse 7 through 10, this is an example of that. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength to his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man had never walked. He didn't get in an accident and then stop walking. He had never been able to walk. He doesn't even know what it would feel like to walk. His faith is being built up. He's hearing Paul speaking the word. Paul's observing him intently and seeing that he began to have his faith built up and he could be healed. And Paul said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped up and he walked. Paul's preaching And now this man is hearing about Jesus and he begins to doubt that he could, he thinks, you mean I've always thought I could never walk. And now I'm hearing this preached and faith is being built. I can walk. I can walk. This is possible. And then he starts to believe it and his faith is growing. So as Paul says, just stand up, stand up right there. He stood up and was healed on the spot. But the gift of faith, is not merely having your faith built by the hearing of the word, but rather a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The example of this is in Matthew 14, verse 22. This is when the Jesus tells his disciples to get in the boat. Immediately, his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus is telling them, you get in the boat, I'll meet you on the other side. And his disciples are like, how are you going to (laughs) get? They're smart guy. Okay. We understand you're telling us to go to the other side, but how are you going to get to the other side? And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, this is very early in the morning, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Jesus did not hear a sermon about how to walk on water. He had the gift of faith in that moment that was supernaturally deposited him. No one sat down and preached to him. You know, it's possible that if you just believe that you can walk on water, nothing was told to him. He had the supernatural gift of faith that was manifested by the Holy Spirit coming on him that knew he would get across walking on the water. It says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. On occasion, Jesus would do these exceptional things. He had released his omnipotent. Humans cannot walk on water. Did you know that? He had faith to step out. He already probably knew what he was going to do. He did not hear a message about it, about walking on the water. The Holy Spirit manifested and a person believes and it happened. This is not just Jesus. Listen to Joshua, who was the one who took over for Moses. He, they were in a war and they were running out of daylight. It says in Joshua 10, verse 12, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord deliver up, delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon. And moon in the valley of Ahon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. 
He didn't hear a sermon about how to stop the sun and the moon. He knew I don't have control over these things. There is no way I have control to stay, say to the sun, you stand still and moon, you stop. This is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for Joshua to be able to say these things. I heard Lester Summerall, the same um, man who sat with Smith Wigglesworth and heard that prophecy about the end times being marked by the gifts of the spirit and that revival. He said that he knew a prisoner in, in jail and there was a, a like a drip he was sitting on his cot where he would sleep and because it was rainy and it was dripping continually it would drip right on his nose every night and he was starting to be really frustrated as the rains came that he could no, not he could not move out from this drip and he said by the power of the holy spirit one night he had got that unction that he could tell this water to turn around and go up the other way and he said you start going and flowing the other way water and it said instantly that the water began to go back up through the hole it was coming out of this was not a sermon that teaches you you can tell water to turn around this is the holy spirit when he comes in power and manifests himself you can do things that you didn't know were possible you've never seen it done but you know it can be done. And we have examples in the word of God through Joshua and the walking on water. These are not normal things. These are gifts of faith. Joshua as a human knew, I do not control the sun or the moon. And this is a special faith. He didn't hear the sermon. It had never happened before. These are the, the gifts of power. These are movement gifts. These are energy gifts. The gifts of healing are immediate supernatural healings of sickness or disease. This gift is not synonymous with the ministry of healing through the prayer of faith that every believer should exercise. This is is an example of the prayer of faith. Mark 16 verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You notice it says recover. It doesn't say they will be instantly healed. It says they will recover. You ever had a surgery? You come out from surgery and they put you in the room. And what's happening in that room? That's the recovery room. That's where you nurse yourself back to health. That is what oftentimes happens when you're functioning, you're laying hands on the sick and they're recovering. And then there's those times when the Holy Spirit manifests by the gifts of the Spirit and you will see instant radical on the spot healings, legs growing out to length, ears popping open, those things manifesting in that way. Many of us impose our instant healing and we lay hands on people. And if it doesn't happen instantly, you think, well, where's the faith or what? Maybe I don't have faith. There's times when God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will see an instant healing. And there's times that will year by your prayer of faith, you will push someone into recovery and they will see that manifest over time. I've had both happen to me. I've been in a setting where I had a grapefruit size mass on my womb. I was pregnant with Cameron and a, a teacher came from the nation of Sri Lanka 
And he, we were in a group setting like this. And he said, there's a woman here with a grapefruit sized mass on her womb and God is healing you. I went back that week for my ultrasound. There was no grapefruit sized mass in my womb any longer. It was totally gone. And then like I shared before, I sat in a room, my faith was built and I believed God over time to heal me of thyroid disease. And that took several years, but I'm totally healed from that disease. So we have the evidence of instant healings, but sometimes we get discouraged and confused about those things. Well, how come I prayed for this person and it didn't happen? And I prayed for this person and it did. This was Paul's experience. God gave him the grace to heal the crippled man in Lystra and many people in Ephesus and the demonized girl in Philippi and Eutychus when he was taken up dead after falling out of a window. But Paul could not heal himself from the thorn in his flesh or from the ailment that he had when he had preached in Galatia. And evidently he could not heal Timothy from stomach ailments or Ephaphrodites from his life-threatening sickness. So we see these things evidenced in the word of God. We had a radical miracle when we were pastoring in Seal Beach. We had a young father in the church that was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. He had, uh, was, she was, his wife was my roommate in college in Santa Barbara and they got word that he was sick. They lived on the island of Maui. They immediately packed up their belongings and moved to California and planted themselves in our church in Seal Beach. And he began to come to the church and we believed that God wanted to heal him instantly. We had the faith. We had that sense that God was going to do something radical. We did a 20 day fast. Every day of those 20 days, someone in the church was fasting and praying Stage four esophageal cancer was healed radically. He went back, no evidence of disease in his body. He was radically healed. Now we give glory for God for that. Do you want to know what happened to this young man though? This was the the hard thing. But several years later, he was diagnosed with another form of cancer that God by the miracle did not get instantly healed. And he went on to full healing in heaven with Jesus, leaving behind his family. But as a body, we saw the evidence of an instant healing in this man's life. Literally, Within a matter of days, he went from being ravaged with cancer to totally healed of cancer. There was no cancer in his body. And when he passed away, he did not pass away of the same type of cancer. God delivered him radically, miraculously healed his body. And that left his body. Notice that Jesus did not say people would be instantly healed all the time, but rather they would be in recovery. But when the Holy Spirit manifests themselves, people are instantly healed. That's a gift of healing right there on the spot. And Matthew 8, 1 says at chapter 8, verse 1, when he had come down from the mountains, great multitudes followed him. And this is an example of a gift of healing. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left his body.
We see in Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. I know that we're headed over to Peru. And in Peru, the people of Peru in America, sometimes you might have like, well, I'm going to go to the pray for this to get healed. But if it doesn't get healed, I'm going to go to Kaiser and I'm going to sign up for my surgery, right? That's how it is. You have a plan B. You go into these countries. Now, Peru is not a third world country. It's a first world country. But there's still that reality of that the things aren't as readily available to them. So sometimes the faith in those atmospheres, the Holy Spirit shows up. He does instant miracles, gifts of healing, and things just happen because they don't have a plan B. They don't have like, well, if... I I saw it on the mission field in Mexico. People gathered in squares and we would see the Holy Spirit manifest instant healings, ears popping open, blind eyes being just people being able to see the manifesting of the glory of God and the love of God. It's not just about the gifts, right? It's that the gifts evoke love, explosive love to people's hearts. And that's what the Lord is all about. We're living in incredible days. We're living in days where people are are not just satisfied, like I said, to hear about God in their head. They want to see and experience. That's why I believe that this last great revival will be marked by the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the spirit being in operation and not in ways that are weird or strange or, or make people uncomfortable, but in a way that there brings great peace to your heart. Jesus, you're real. You're still working miracles. You're still speaking through people. And he's using us, these imperfect, broken vessels, to be vessels of love, to get his love to people that are in need. What I'm wanting to encourage us as a body this morning is to yield yourself to the possibility that God wants to use you in this manner and mature you in these things so that you can function in them, that you wouldn't close yourself up. To the idea that God could put you in a setting and give you a word of wisdom for someone. Something that encourages their heart right there on the spot. This is a church. You know, when we came down here, we realized that this is a very special place. That God is doing something very significant in South Orange County and specifically through this church. We are a church that marries the spirit and truth, the word and wonder. We see these things. We've seen these things since day one when we got in this congregation. You could have someone here worshiping God and in the back, someone being delivered from a demonic oppression. Do you know that people come in every Sunday with spirits attached to them, strongholds? And when we function in the gifts and the manifest this way, you can deliver people from oppression. That they could come in feeling very deeply oppressed by something. And in the name of Jesus, you can cast that thing 
coming out and that would be considered a healing right there. Oppression left their body and they're delivered in strength. Praise God. Finally, the working of miracles. This is the the third of the power gifts in the first Corinthians 12 for the gifts of the spirit. The working of miracles, miracles or the working of miracles are supernatural occurrences against natural laws and processes, you know, like Samson killing a lion with his bare hands, you know, people cannot kill lions with their bare hands. Okay. In case you're wondering, this is God doing something through you. And this is the God we serve every day of my life. I'm deeply enamored with the nature and ways of our God. I can't believe who he is, that he calls us to do these things, that when you're yielded to his Holy Spirit and say, have all of me, have your way in me, that he'll do supernatural things through you. I'm telling you, we're divided in the body of Christ about these things. There's people that say these gifts ceased and there's people that say these things continued. We believe these things are still present for today and not to give glory because there's some people that have messed these things up. that have made it all about themselves. Come see me and I'll do this for you. No, this is about love. And this is about the Holy Spirit pouring out to show love to people. This is not for our self-importance to feel good about ourselves because that'll disrupt the gift. That'll mess it up and that'll that'll, um, taint the gift. The working of miracles. I'll give one example. In Exodus 14 verse 21. We've heard this. And we just think okay yeah. This is the story where he parted the sea. No. The Moses stretched out his hand. Over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea. To go back. By a strong east wind. All that night. And made the sea into dry land. And the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went through into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and their left hand. We read that and we just think that is a miracle. You don't get to stretch your hand out. Try it. Try walking on water in your bathtub, Jack. (laughs) See how that goes for you. You know what I mean? We The word of God is so alive. It's so living and active. And when you approach it with the spirit's feeling and you read a text like that out of Exodus, Moses stretched out his hand and the water up to the east and the west and they walked through on dry land. Holy goodness, God, we are to desire all spiritual gifts. We are to desire, earnestly desire the gifts of the spirit so they can manifest through you. The Bible also says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. When I was first getting into these things, I wanted to read everything I could. I, that's how you'd earnestly desire these things. I got into the word of God and read everything I could about miracles and signs and wonders and the word of knowledge. And I began to feast on these things so I could understand them. And then they began to grow alive in me. And then I'd be in settings where you test these things. So I would have someone walk up to me and give me a prophetic word. Pastor Anna, God says you're going to go to the nations and, and you're going to do, 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 you know, and say these things. And you hide that thing away in your heart and you discern that thing in your heart. And then within that year, I was in Africa and then I went, 
You did that, Lord. That was of you. You were confirming to my heart through that prophetic word. Anna, open yourself up to these things. And now I'm going to Peru 12 months later. So I would believe that that was something of God that came over me. I had someone pray over me when I was barren. I had had two miscarriages. I could not hold a baby in my womb. The babies were not living. They were passing. And I had one miscarriage after another. And I was thinking, Lord, am I not able to have kids? I was in a setting. You guys have heard me share this story and someone prayed over me. And as he laid his hands on me and he commanded every assignment of the adversary to keep me barren, to be off of me. And that I would, he prophesied, you will have at least three healthy children. And then I fell over onto the ground and I said, this is not real as I'm falling over. But guess what? Two months later, I was pregnant with Ella and I named her Ella. I saw one, um, teaching or book that said the name Ella means to be whole or complete. And I knew by the power of the Holy spirit that my womb was healed and that I would hold that baby and she would be whole. I received that. That was not ordinary. Just like, yes, believe it. That was the power of the Holy spirit. And you know how many healthy children I have one, two, three, and one for good measure. I said, we're, we're a go the extra mile kind of family. So we'll throw an extra in there. That's our God. And when you test those things and discern those things, you know, that was you, Lord. And some of the things we just say, you need to flush. Sometimes you'll hear some things you just need to flush and go, okay, that wasn't of you. And I can discern that says, test the spirits. Know if it's of God, but do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit and to see whether they are from God. And if they're from God, latch on to those things. Don't close yourself off to those things. You ever heard bad preaching? Come on. Not in this church. Hey, you ever heard bad preaching? You just someone get up there and you're like, they should not be preaching. Well, did you say, well, let's do away with preaching. Cause I saw someone mess it up one time and not do a good job. So let's just do away with preaching altogether. No preaching. Cause someone messed it up and gave it. A, no, we don't throw it out. Cause it was done. Not not excellently one time. And that's what we do with the gifts of the spirit. Sometimes, oh, someone messed that up or got weird. So I just closed myself off to it. No, when it comes to the, the gifts, it says pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. This is a church that Jesus is building. And if you've been in this room, long enough, you know that I've said this will not be a fragmented church. This church will look like Jesus. Jesus went around preaching, teaching, casting out demons, healing all who were sick. And so we acknowledge this church will look like Jesus. Amen. We are a church of spirit and truth and word and wonder. And this is a church where God gets to do what he wants to do. We're going to close out. Would you stand to your feet? Sometimes I minister like that and then my back hurts. It's like, have I been yelling at you? I tell you what. The Lord is here. Anyway, we, anytime we talk about him and his wonder and how amazing he is, he just seems to love to gather and assemble with us.
he's here in this place. And I know I just taught a message about the gifts and our heart in this series that you would yield yourself to the possibility that God would flow through you in any way he wants to, that you wouldn't shut yourself off or say, no, those things are done away. No, say, Lord, I'm open. I'm open to however you want to move in my life. Send me divine appointments, workings of miracles. This is not just for the select few. No unemployed Christians when it comes to the gifts of the spirit. We all are hired on. We all have full-time work in the ministry to be God's hands and his feet. And this is what he's doing. And we're going to see more of it. You're going to see more of the spirit of God flowing in this way through, um, through people. Um, and I'm open to it. Are you open to it? Let's wait on the Lord for a minute. Quiet your heart before him this morning. I just feel faith rising. I feel faith rising. The kind of faith that, that pleases God. Simple, simple teaching this morning, talking about these things. But I feel that I feel faith welling up in some hearts today. God, if you could part the sea, if you could cause ankles to snap into place, if you could meet a woman at a well and you said greater things would I do than you've done, oh, let faith arise. God is going to do a work of love in the earth. You are so loved. father here come on there's a father here and you were told you're a joke that's the word that was spoken over you you're a joke I, and the love of God is here right now and he is saying that was such a lie from the pit of hell that you there's nothing funny about you there is nothing funny about you. You are powerful and strong. And the Lord God is touching your heart right now. Thank you, Lord. Bestow love on your people this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hey guys, look up at me. Hey, look up at me. I'm just telling you, I'm just a, a, a chick. <laughs> Never saw these things in operation, but I'm so assured that when God wants to move this way, it's for love's sake because we are starved for love. And this generation and people, they don't know how loved they are by God. And so he's manifesting these gifts for love's sake. It's not for the gift, it's for love, amen? 
And, and, and you might be here this morning and feel, I need that. I feel like an orphan. And God is saying, you're adopted, but you don't feel it. And so he'll send these messengers and this love your way to pour it out on you. Pour it out. Pour it out. We're going to yield ourselves to these things. And like I said, we are balanced here at the Rock South County. So you're going to get the word and you're going to get the spirit. So we're not going to just... Oh, we don't do that part. We just do this part. You're going to see the fullness of the life of Jesus manifested here. So I pray you open yourself up to it and receive it. I want to pray over you as you head out into an incredible Father's Day. So Lord God, you are the best father. You are the best of the best. And your love is in this place, your lavish love, God. So I pray for every person represented here. I pray for tender hearts. I pray for hard hearts right now that by the power of your love and your grace, God, that you would begin to penetrate people's lives in this place. They would begin to understand you and know your ways, God, and open themselves up to the fullness of you and all you want to bring into their life by the power of your Holy Spirit.